0: So the final week of sessions upon us and the state house is going to be a buzz with all kinds of activity. Top of mind is going to be uh, of course the budget, how they're going to spend 42 billion dollars and now they're going to also uh, spend part of eight plus billion dollars from the federal government. Plus, you got the maps that were dropped late Friday by Democrats, and uh, they're going to be dealing with that whole host of other legislation. I'm anticipating you could see hundreds of bills passed out of each chamber uh, in the next eight days, which is just going to be uh, kind of maddening and. Sh- causing some of us in the media to to swirl around and uh, our heads are going to be on a swivel for sure. Uh, One other big issue that could come up is uh, issues of energy and legislation to regulate energy. Uh, And there's two bills in the state house right now. Uh, One is the Clean Energy Jobs Act and the other one uh, deals uh, with other issues. Uh, And to talk about the impacts of those pieces of legislation right here in the capital city uh, how city water, light, and power would be impacted is uh, Doug Brown, he is the Chief Utility Engineer with C- City Water, Light, and Power. Joining us in studio, Doug, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Hey, great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. So uh, we've got two pieces of legislation at the state house uh, dealing with energy and, in an essence, looking to try to get away from some types of energy over the next 10, 15, 20 years or so. Uh, lay out there for, for people listening uh, what those pieces of legislation are and ultimately what it would mean for ratepayers here in the city of Springfield.
1: Well, the ultimate goal is to, for a zero carbon future, right? I mean, that's that's the transition is to get to renewables. Uh, you know, and and City of Light and Power, we're doing that now. Um, you know, we've retired uh, two units, going to retire 33 here soon. Um, so we've already, uh, you know, like, uh, President Biden's administration set some goals. They want to be at the 2005 levels, uh, f- at least 50 percent of the, that level by 2030. And once we retire Unit 33, we already will be uh, at that level, uh, you know, seven years in advance of that. So, you know, we're doing our part and we're also looking at, uh, looking at, a uh, uh, solar farm, um, trying to buy some solar power, maybe like a, about about hundred megawatts. So we're still working through that though. Um, but the, 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 bills though, they have some really big impacts for Springfield and, and our customers. And I, I just, uh, want to make sure that uh, the public really understands the, the, the severe impacts that they're going to have with you know increased electric bills because of this. Um, well, we've got two pieces of
0: legislation. One's been around for a bit, and that's the Clean Energy Jobs Act, uh, and that's uh, been debated. Uh, and then you had a different proposal come in uh, that had labor support uh, called the Consumer and Climate First Act. Um, from your understanding, what's different between these two pieces of legislation and they would, they have the same effect on CWLP. They do not.
1: Um, you know, the, the CJA is more of an impact where, uh, you know, one of the things that they have, um, is some, basically some taxes and some fees associated with it on, on carbon and coal. And that's probably about $24 million impact a year for War Light and Power. So bills would probably go up about $15 a month on average. Um, and so it's it's significant, and that's not that's not just the that the you know the, just the tax and the fees is what that represents, right? So there's more costs that are associated with like additional infrastructure. So we would need additional resources of generation, additional resources of transmission lines uh, to make up for that reliability resiliency that's lost by our unit four closing down, as well as our, our peaker units. So it's a it's a pretty big impact for us, and the the union bill is is uh, you know. We support them for their for their goals on that. Um, I think they're they're going on the right path, but they do exclude municipalities really, pretty much. Um, and I think that's because they recognize the significant impacts uh, that these legislations have on small communities like ours. So
0: uh, each would have their own kind of different impacts. Are you guys uh, supporting one, opposing another?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know, from my point of view, we would support the union. Uh, uh, bill and then and that's uh, the, we consumer, definitely...
0: the consumers and climate first act
1: correct correct okay. and then the CJA bill we would oppose as well as the um, the uh, uh, the other one is the consumers and climate first act that's uh, more like the governor's bill
0: gotcha i gotcha, believe
1: yeah. um that he put forward so we're just kind of on opposite sides of those bills just because of the of the, the timing it, the timing is critical i, th- I believe a 2030 date for closures is too soon we need to push that out to where it's about 2045 20, 2050 20, range to allow for technology to catch up uh, before we shut down all these critical vital units well and in, in- You've got uh, both
0: still bringing substantial costs to the utility, right? Both both bills would increase the, uh, operating capacity and and having to get new technology implemented and whatnot. Uh, we're talking with Doug Brown. He is the chief utilities engineer with City Water, Light, and Power about a couple of pieces of legislation uh, at the state house that uh, are uh, going to be uh, talked about in the final eight days of session here. Uh, and if you could, I mean, just talk about the the, the utility and the work that's been done because. You know, I, I, I follow the state house. Uh, I follow the the city council. And for years, you guys have been you know the scrubbing technology, all the different types of filters that there are to ensure that it, uh, you get as clean of an output as possible. Uh, that's come with its own cost. Uh, but now they're they're wanting to kind of edge away from all of that technology and just do away with coal fire generation altogether.
1: Well, you know. We've always been on the forefront of environmental uh compliance and, and trying to do uh the best we can to burn coal as clean as we can. And um with that I guess you say that you know, Unit four is definitely one of the cleanest coal fired power plants in the country. And, uh, you know, we're kind of getting lumped in with the rest of the coal plants that maybe are, you say, are, are dirtier polluting plants, right? Uh, they, they pay for uh, to, to pollute, essentially. And we've avoided that for, for many, many years. Uh, and we've been pretty cost competitive until more recently with the market conditions. And, you know, with these ta- new taxes and stuff like that that just put on the units uh, or even greenhouse gas Caps right. So if they put caps on the unit of, of wh- how much carbon we can emit, it just restricts the availability of those units of not just a coal plant but also our peaker. So our natural gas and fuel oil plant or you know turbines that we have uh, would not be available to run, and we will need those assets um, you know to supply a reliable, resilient electric grid. Um, you know, and I, I always say that you know the the Texas is a pretty good example when there's not enough energy on the market, what can happen. Um, and I think it's important that we we keep those units and, uh, you know, one of the other things that we're doing here is uh, partnered with the University of Illinois and the Department of Energy and received a $47 million uh, grant for carbon capture. And if I think if the country wants to, to really transition to a zero carbon future that keeps the electrical grid resilient and reliable, those are the kinds of technologies we need to have in place because just relying on natural gas or just relying on renewables just isn't going to work.
0: Talk a bit about the finances here uh, when it comes to Dalman Four. Uh, you guys do have a, a, a policy statement of sorts on your website that talks about uh, how you know this this effort to bring about more renewable energy with a shorter time frame. Uh, that would leave the city on the hook for, what, 10 years' worth of paying off bonds for something that you guys can't use? Is that is that my understanding?
1: That's correct. That, that's on the surface, that's what it looks like, right? So there's about $36.6 million a year in debt service that we'll have to pay for 10 years. So that's $366 million. Now, if if we're required to close in 2030— we will actually have to close in 2028 because there's environmental technologies that we have to uh, you know incur costs for right now that we would have to have in place by 2028 and we wouldn't spend that money right we would we would look at closing the unit by 2028 instead so now there's even more of a big impact and it's a much tighter time frame so these you know that's what happens when there's no concerted effort you know between the state and the federal government. Um, even looking at reliability and resiliency, and they, they put these rules in place and special interest groups are starting to drive energy policy too much to where it just doesn't work technically.
0: Unpack that a bit more if you can, uh, because we all saw what happened in Texas uh, and there's a whole host of issues. It wasn't just because, you know, some some wind turbines froze. Correct. There were a ton of other issues involved there, Lops. but still uh, it, 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 it highlighted. Some energy is more reliable than other energy. Correct. We're not there yet with solar. We're not there yet with wind. Um, what's CWLP's, at least? I mean, what's your, your take on how we do get to that cleaner type of technology? Uh, in a prudent fashion instead of just rushing towards the timeline when that timeline might not be realistic
1: yeah you know and that's the good point is when, you know <clears throat> when the sun doesn't shine solar's not available wind doesn't blow the wind turbines aren't available but you're definitely right uh, you know uh, being winterized per se for every resource so it can operate in all conditions um, but with that aside um, you know i think it's really a diversified portfolio is what we're after right now uh you know having some solar having some um, uh, coal some gas fuel those having all those different technologies are critical in case there happens you know some kind of event that would take out one resource okay and um we need that, that time to allow for battery technology to come through maybe it's uh Carbon capture, maybe it is um, uh, burning hydrogen fuel. Uh, you know, so there's definitely different options there, but the technology is just not here yet to transition that far. Batteries are coming a long way, but they're still very expensive. Uh, and you know, it, when, once you replace those with that technology, you're going to have to keep replacing them every so often. Uh, you know, with batteries, so it's it's not going to be cheap.
0: And uh, there's all kinds of other questions about uh, the environmental nature of batteries and what happens to them afterwards. They're not necessarily uh, recyclable, so there's a whole host of issues here. Uh, and not sure if uh, and making a strict timeline is is the best approach. What do you want people to do uh, about these two these two bills at the
1: state house? You know, I think there's uh, people should be really concerned about what the the state legislators are trying to do right now. At least some of them and uh you know they're not really necessarily listening to the experts um they don't they don't really talk too much to uh some of the grid operators around uh you know i think they've talked to some of the investor owns i I did testify at a hearing thursday uh for municipalities and and electric co-ops and uh so i think there's there's some of the senators that were there were wanting to listen to us um and i think that if people can you know call their legislators really, and and let them know how they feel about that, right? I mean, whether they're for it or against it, people just need to be informed of the consequences and the impacts associated with their utility well and and also,
0: as you said, uh take action either way, right I mean, let legislators know where you stand on this, either for or against it's uh crucial for a constitutional republic uh for people to be engaged uh doug Brown, he's the chief utility engineer here with w m a y live in the studio uh, uh completely off topic of this necessarily, but uh what's the latest with that uh natural gas plant south of town? Uh, is have we heard anything new about that, and and how CWLP interact with that? Well, we,
1: we've we're still kind of somewhat of a negotiation, when, you know, just as far as seeing if there's there's pricing there. We we have concerns though with with the bills that are being proposed and and the availability of that plant ever really coming to fruition, uh, you know, and 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 you can see the the writing's really on the wall. They want everybody to have renewables, so everybody needs to get on board with that and uh, i think that's where our focus should probably be uh if we can you know maybe present something to the council uh this summer here on solar that's that's probably the direction we'd want to head um and uh the gas turbine though i think you know it's it's still possible that it can get built um, I just think there's just gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tougher right now in the with the current state environment.
0: Yeah, uh, the trajectory of it uh, seems to have been hindered a bit um with, with some of these policies that may be advancing at the state house. Uh Doug Brown, Chief Utility Engineer here on the WMAY morning news feed, greatly appreciate you taking time with us in the studio. Again, uh the headline here is uh C W L P saying that this uh, proposed energy legislation could cost ratepayers a hundred million dollars.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's uh that's a lot of money. That's that's and that's the minimum.
0: That's the minimum. <laughs> all right. Uh, greatly appreciated. Again, thank you so much for taking time, and uh, we'll connect again soon. All right. Great. Have a great thank day.
1: You.